Some pieces of technology eventually reach the point of truly becoming ubiquitous. A computer on every desk, a smartphone in every pocket, a drone in every backpack. Okay, maybe that last one's just me, but you get what I mean. We can all probably agree on though, is one of the first gadgets to reach this critical mass of scale is everyone's favorite big screen rectangle, the television. What used to be a standout possession of one or two households per neighborhood has now become the centerpiece of several rooms in any given house. But the thing about these screens is, they're not all that useful without anything to actually put on the screen. Going back through the decades, one of the earliest answers to that problem is by sending content to the viewers over the literal airwaves. One set of silver telescoping bunny ears later, and suddenly Johnny Carson was right there in your living room. As with any technology though, evolutions must continue. Those telescoping bunny ears may have long since been replaced by a more modern antenna, and the black and white static we all knew and hated has been upgraded to high definition goodness. With additions like HDR quality, true data delivery, and on-the-move access, the next chapter in over-the-air TV sounds like a solid upgrade, but as with anything else, what are the hidden costs? Let's tune in and find out. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's Solid State Podcast. I'm your host, John Joyce. I'm Eric Sargent. And our topic this week is... Um, so sufficiently for yeah, so sufficiently for people of the olds. Um, yeah. uh, in the world of at least in the world of technology, Cody couldn't even be bothered to be on it. Right. <laughs> no, he, no, he's on a well-deserved vacation today. But uh, it really did make a lot of sense for uh, truly the, the the two of us more classic technology Class. enjoyers. Yes. Let's go with uh, classic. Yeah, it was the my kindest. Plate. It was the kindest word I could find for it. There, there's no better way to say it. we're here to talk about over the air TV today, which yeah. just I say those words. And the very first thing that comes to my mind is like a just refrigerator sized wood panel TV set yep. with those old giant bunny ears coming with, out the back of yep, it with balls of aluminum foil on the end. That's of right. The bunny ears. Yep. And yeah. that's it. You got you to gotta get every last bit of that signal. So no, so th this is truly a what's next episode. <laughs> what's next for over the air TV? And not Which surprised yeah. me, first of all, that, that this was a topic next. That, that, the, when this one, I think this one originally came from you, Eric, because you, you were right. you know, doing your, your story hunt. Yep. And I remember it when it popped up on our future topics list. And I, I actually called you to make sure it wasn't a mistaken right. copy paste. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what, are, what are we talking about? Cause yeah, I mean just a few, you know, it feels like a few years ago. It was a little while ago now. I don't remember the exact year, but I remember there being a huge uproar about all these TV stations are switching to digital signals, DTV, your old TVs oh, yeah. won't be able to take it. You need this new little dongle to plug into your old TV to receive. Go down signal. to Radio Shack yeah. and buy a new right. and that's And that's seriously what it was. And it was yeah. like, you know, it was basically the old TVs, you know, accepted an analog signal and everybody was moving over to this digital signal. You're going to get more channels and this and that. And, you know, again, like Y2K sort of situation, it was a big nothing. They were giving those things away for basically for free, those little DTV yeah. converters. In a lot of cases, you could get one for free for right. quite a long time. And even back then, I think the majority of people were already on cable where they could be. The only people using over the air that were panicking were people in far off rural America that doesn't have cable infrastructure. And there are still those people, I'm sure a lot of them, but you know, it's less and less as time goes on because they're still building out that infrastructure. 
Well, let's call it what it is. The According to the census data, I was able to dig up to try and put some context to this conversation. There's, for all intents and purposes, over the course of the last 10 years, between 120 and 130 million households in America. Right. Out of 300 so, and some odd change million population. Yeah. Right. So taking that number, so let's just use 125. We'll do some round numbers. Yeah. So let's just say, because what's the odd million, right? No. Uh, so we'll just say on the average called 125 million households. I believe the number we found was in 2016, there were north of 100 million cable subscribers. And we will bring right. this full circle back to OTA here in a second. So figure 100 out of 125, not a bad number. But you also no. figure that was 2016. We were already past what I would call peak cable. And yes. I don't mean, I don't have the numbers to support if that was a declining number yet. But this, the world of streaming was already with us like it was not yep. near what it is today but you have to figure netflix was well into its maturity hulu was I'm, there i had cut the cord by 2016 by 2016 yeah so did yeah. we yeah. so you know the, the the services were there enough to hit critical mass and get the content that you were primarily I, I remember around that time my biggest challenge would have been getting sporting events like yep. the way i get them today which i, I subscribe to youtube tv call it what it is during football season every year <laughs> that's, yeah. that, that, and that's and that's the the one thing like my my speaking of olds they're gonna hate that i say <laughs> this but my parents um that's why they haven't cut the cord yet they've kind of like halfway you know, they, they pulled their right. cable subscription back to as cheap as it can go, which is still not yeah. all that cheap. And, you know, my mom is fine. She gets all the shows she wants to watch, but my dad is a big sports fan. And that's the only reason they haven't cut the cord yet is he just doesn't want to have to mess around with another subscription right. or going to a bunch of different channels to see that, you know, the NASCAR races, the NFL, you know, MLB, all the stuff that he likes to watch. He doesn't want to have to futz around with a bunch of different you know, subscriptions to be able to do yep, that, to so. be able to do that. And, and, and it's valid. So back to that number. So figure 2016 ish, we had a hundred out of 125 million or so households on yep. cable. Cool. Actively subscribed. Not that many years later. So 2022 into 2023, that number has already dropped to just over 70 million. Yeah. So that that's a pretty we're looking at, well, you know, again, these are all these loss, are all very yeah. broad numbers. Yeah, we're looking at, you know, 25 to 30% drop in those 6 or 7 years. Um that that rate of attrition is not a good place to be if you're no. a cable company. It's a great right. place to be if well, I would I actually stop short of saying it's maybe a good place to be if you're a streaming company because last time I checked none of them have actually made it to cash flow positive. Right, yeah, none of them are making yeah. any money. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, you know, I still I still feel like that's a game they're playing. I think they're doing just fine, but you know, on paper it doesn't look like they're doing fine. Right for tax reasons or something like that, you know, but, but no, you're, you're right. I mean, that's a, that's a huge drop. And, and honestly, I actually found that number a little bit surprising because I thought it was going to be lower. Right. Well, and I got to thinking about that too. And what occurred to me, I, what I don't have is any numbers about what portion of the total count this is, but I realized there are countless situations where, very similar to your parents, but an even more extreme case where people have cable that don't use it because it's just there. Like I think about certain um, yeah, homeowner associations. Well, sure, <laughs> or or just situations where you you just have it whether you use it or not. Like I right. do know there's a like a lot of homeowners associations and communities where you, like your cable TV is wrapped up in your base 
yeah. thing you pay yep. for it. So yeah, you, you just, just pay it. for it. Yep. So if you think it's if you think about a thousand person housing community where that happens to be rolled up in their HOA, guess what? There's a thousand out of a thousand households that technically count towards those numbers right. that may or may not, not ever have it. even you, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I can tell you there are the we of course don't subscribe, but there are the coax drops all over my house. Not a single device is hooked up to them. Right. Oh yeah, I have them too. I, but how I many houses have it? And aren't it's funny, it's funny that we're talking about this. I actually went up in my attic here after we bought this house and I reused them to send out a different, like I reused those wires to pull different wires down, you know, through <laughs> the walls. I use them as like pull cords and then I left one intact to go behind the, where our television is. And I actually mounted an over the air antenna in, in the, uh, in the attic and it, and it runs to that in case we ever need it for an emergency. So I legitimately do have an over the air television wow. antenna that I do not use, but you, it's there. <laughs> you may have just successfully executed the single most efficient circle back to get us back on topic that there we've we ever had on that. this show. Um, cause I'm already down the who, who's paying for cable and not using it rabbit hole, which is the polar opposite of what we're here to talk about, which is quote unquote free over the air yep. television. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's talk about that. I, I do want to come full circle back to that. I was very intentional. I said, quote unquote, free, because yes. I have some very specific feelings towards, well, we, one of the many tropes in the show is nothing is free. Heck, we have an entire yeah. series called The Cost Of. Right. And, you know, but, but there's, um, there's some very specific costs involved in over the air TV that I want to come back to. But let's, let's talk the tech for a second, because this is, we're going to get into the alphabet soup that just comes yep. hand in hand with any emerging tech. So ATSC 3.0, did I get that right? I, yes, I you did. And that's, morning. and that so. is the new DTV. So <laughs> DTV turned into ATSC 3.0, which they're also calling next TV. So NEX next, next gen TV. TV. Yeah. Yeah. So which neat. Yeah. Um, neat guys. Marketing room really earned their pay that day. Right. But let's, let's talk about, you know, as with any, well, let's, let's start with the tech, the why. Sure. And I mean, it is, it sounds really nice. I mean, it's if better. You're using, I mean, it's, it's, it's tangibly better than the thing it's replacing, it which I wish, I wish we could say that's true of every new version of a thing, but it's just not always the case. This is in the vast majority of cases. I do feel we can confidently say this is better and more capable than the thing right. it's replacing. So yeah, we at least get the, to check that box. That was the big thing with DTV was that it was going, you were going to be able to stream over the air, quote unquote, for free, um, full HD content, like 1080 high resolution. 1080i, I've, 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 as yeah. I'm enough of a TV nerd to insist sure. on pointing out. That yeah, it was, it was interlaced, I. yeah. But, but they still, it, and the thing about that was the over the air signal is uncompressed. Right. So when you got an over the air signal uncompressed, people would look at that HD and it looks on their high definition televisions, it looks sharper than anything they've ever seen on Netflix or anything else right. because all of that stuff is compressed and you don't even realize how much of a difference it makes. So over the air television, when you have a good signal, looks a lot better than regular HD content that you would normally get. So that's, now that, they're saying true. ATSC 3.0 is going to be able to do out of the box 4K high dynamic range, high frame rate. So again, alphabet soup. So it's going to do 4K. It's going to do 
that HDR, and then it will also be able to stream at 120 frames a second over the air. Which, which is, on uh, paper, that's pretty incredible. But and again, I guess, who that you you're going to have to have a perfect signal to be able to. I was that. just going to say, and unfortunately, and we'll get back to this for the reason for this here in a second. I would love to be able to test it. Neither of us can, which I think is right. hilarious. But that. What cell phone tower are you going to need in your backyard right. to get a clear line of sight shot to actually get that kind of connection? And again, I don't know. Maybe it does penetrate trees that well. Maybe it does right. come through a wall that well. Maybe it can cross great distances that well. I don't know. Yeah. The reason I can't test it is I am over 100 miles, as much as 300 miles from the nearest service that is broadcasting anything in this in this uh, right. in this new format so not test I, I hate to say it love the show not driving across the no. state to go pop up some bunny ears and some next gen look, bunny ears yeah, and dry and out tv and it looks like and you know we've talked about the you're down in in the florida area and we always talk about how yeah. i'm not I, i'm i'm in um the midwest in um wisconsin a little bit north of milwaukee so i'm close to a large metropolitan area so i get i get a good television signal on my antenna that i could probably make work for this when it comes out but the problem is it's not out in this area yet like it they're not broadcasting it yet here they've announced that it will be one of the targets. i was just gonna say i have some great news for you eric according to the map you guys are in the blue category which is milwaukee has submitted paperwork yep (laughs) so eventually oh, someday everything will, the fcc touches just makes my head shake but anyway. yeah we at one point we had a we had a an outage for a little while like a television outage so i climbed up in the attic and put the put the antenna up there in the attic and ran the wire and you know i have it hooked up to my tv and i always when i get the new tv i scan for the channels and you know i have them in there so i could flip through them if i wanted to we've literally never used never it. done it yeah. So, you know, when that comes out, I'll probably go check it out and see if it looks better. If it does give me a 4K signal and all that, and then I'll just move on. So, <laughs> well, it's like, I hate to keep harping on this part, but it's kind of like cell phone coverage maps. They make yep. me laugh so much because they are just complete unusable garbage. Yeah. Because I'm sorry, you cannot quantify the at the size and scale of the, the physical footprint that is the United States. You cannot quantify signal quality on a macro scale in any meaningful way. You just can't. There's no map you're going to show me with red, you know, red meaning great coverage and think that it's going to accurately represent it. Cause I'm here to tell you as a quote unquote, happy longtime subscriber emphasis on the quote unquote for AT&T and they all suck. Don't mishear me. I can be driving down the street in the middle of town and go from five bars to one bar to three to five and back to one again. The other day I was driving down a street that I is part of my near daily commute went to zero signal for no reason. And I get it. We're still doing hurricane Ian repairs and recovery here. They were probably doing tower maintenance on, but it's like, that's a part of my drive where I already on a good day, get one to two bars. I literally watched it go to searching for signal in the middle of town. Yeah. And I've gotten that before too. And, And that's the thing. I mean, the, the signal that I get, I get a high definition signal from Yep. walkie. And it, but it still glitches out because it's just the nature of an over the air signal. I mean, if, if there's a little rate, there's so much interference now in this right. other, you know, Wi-Fi signals and everything else out in the air. And they're supposed to be all separated in the different bandwidths and everything. But it, you know, that it's, you know, 
it's never going to be perfect. So then they're now they're going to be sending out even more information. But I think circling back on this, the this fancy stuff that we're talking about with the HDR and the 120 frames and the 4K, that's all awesome if you can get it. The bottom line is that's just what they're doing to entice people to try to use it because what they really want is the information. Like we talk about, right. nothing is free. And with this, the signal not doesn't only come to you, they're going to be able to detect what you're doing with that signal on the other end. Right. That's part of this whole thing. They're going to know what you're watching. So Nielsen ratings, where they used to send you a little pamphlet in the oh, mail, just fill this out yep. and or the box and everything yeah. else. Yeah. Yep. What did you What did you watch? You know, and and you're filling it out by hand. They don't. They're not going to need to do that anymore. They're literally going to be able to tell what all the people who are using over the air antennas are watching. Um, yep. Because of this new signal that they're sending it's going to be able they're going to be able to retrieve information back from it so here we go again you know we're not being given a choice they're going to move right. to this just like they did with digital television and it's going to move over to it so that means anybody who has a, a bunny ears so to speak yep. at their house using over-the-air television has is now without really signing anything specifically signing another social contract that they're going to be giving away their data yeah, the cost of this service is, yeah. in by and large, mountains of it's ad tech. At the end of the yeah. day, like they, yep. they are going to very intimately know what you're watching, when, for how long. Yeah. I mean, again, I guess the the impact of that is only relevant from the perspective of hum. Oh, how do I put this? It's only relevant from the perspective of how many people are actually using it. So yeah. I guess if, if five people are using it, then neat, they're getting five people's input. I, I also do realize all jokes aside, there are a lot of people that consume information over broadcast TV still like that. Sure. That is still, so we actually, I actually have technology. those numbers anyway. So we talked about 72 million for cable subscribers. The current number as of 2021, it looks like was the last information that I can mm -hmm. find. There's 18.6 million homes using antennas. About 15% oh, wow. of the United States are still using antennas. So that's, that's not a huge number. Right. You know, and, and, and again, just like with cable, I expected the number to actually be smaller, be um, smaller, right. but you know, it's, it's, a, it's rural America is what it is. It's, yeah. it's out in farm country. It's, you know, in the middle of the United States there where there just isn't a lot of infrastructure anywhere. And you know, where I grew up in Vermont, you know, like we were the street that I grew up on. We were one of the last ones to get cable growing up, you know, because we right. were way out in the middle of the woods near a mountain and they just hadn't run the lines. The lines mm -hmm. just, the infrastructure just wasn't there. Wasn't there. Yeah. But you know, they, they're, they're building that out now, which, you know, cables dropping antennas are dropping because everyone, you know, once people just get an internet signal, they're just, everybody's streaming at this point. And, and I feel well, like, Exactly. And, and I, and you, you make a great point about the rural America piece of it because you yeah. know, the, the access to true, you know, the broadband situation in this country is not great. Like there's no, no beating around that bush it's, and especially, especially in those parts of the country in the middle of of many metropolitan areas, it's still a garbage situation, right. but especially out in, you know, out, out in the less densely populated areas, it's, it's even worse. But I thought it was interesting about this tech specifically was to your point, it's not, it's being touted as a TV delivery system, but right. it is for all intents and purposes, a data delivery system. Yep, it is. I mean, th this is bordering on 
I, I don't know the science. I haven't, I shouldn't say I've not researched the true science and engineering behind it, but it sounds a, to me a lot more akin to a cellular data connection than to what I normally think of as a broadcast TV connection. Yeah. Because the, the one article I was reading, you know, credit where it's due over to digital trends, what was quoting 25 megs a second of data throughput to an, to an endpoint with good, with good connectivity. Right. That's not, you know, blazing speeds, but I hate to say it. I keep going full circle to moaning about my stupid cell phone carrier, but again, middle of town on quote unquote five G I was lucky to be touching to hitting 30 and 35 megs the other day. Right. So, and now, cool. yeah, you're getting that over, you know, and, and I'm, I wonder, and I didn't see it in the article and maybe I just looked over it, but I, I really wonder what the throughput is going back to them. Right. You know, because we get to, we're getting 25 meg download, but they're also getting data back. I'm assuming it's a trickle that goes back and it's not a lot. Back upstream. But it's, you know, right. But you is know, it an asymmetrical connection? Yeah, right. I, that I do not know. And, and very interesting thoughts of is this like, you know, kind of a beta test for a new delivery system of broadband to rural America? Because a lot of the quote unquote broadband that they bring out to people for years that they've been building out this infrastructure to count as high speed internet is less than 25. Right. You know, like this, we're all, you've got broadband and you're going to get five down and one up or something right. like that. And that's considered high speed internet because it's faster than a 56 K modem. You know, <laughs> So it, well, and you just hit on the head too. So much it comes down to the infrastructure serving it. The, right. the, the core tech, even my 5G rant, I'm well aware, again, don't email me. I know what 5G is capable of. But at the end of the day, you can blast me with whatever signal you want. If the backhaul behind it is oversaturated, not you know insufficient, not keeping up with the demand, right. the, the, the experience is going to suck. ATSC 3.0, next-gen TV, whatever you want to call it, may have the ability, the capability to do a lot of these things. But if the infrastructure backing it up, if the feed's serving it, if the if the tech that's actually pushing data over that stream isn't built up to take advantage of those capabilities, right. then guess what? The, the picture on your TV is probably going to be virtually indistinguishable from what you were getting over ATSC 1.0. You know, right. You're gonna. You, you we've talked about. You know, you'd have to put two TVs next to each other and do an A/B test. I'd be willing to bet you may not even be able to discern it there. Because guess what? The broadcast TV station that's pumping that signal out, pro, even if they've gone through all the expense and the time and the resource to upgrade their broadcast infrastructure, I find it highly unlikely with the with the condition that business is in in most metros that they've yet invested in the actual source, like the, the actual sure. data that's being sent yeah. over it. Like, are they sending out years uncompressed 4k video or is the video that they're actually recording and processing and editing already compressed? Yeah. It, yeah. If you're you know? sending out a 720p signal yeah. and the pipe can suddenly handle 4k HDR. Yeah. You're still getting 720p. You're yeah. still getting 720p. And I just feel that that's more than likely going to be the case for the vast majority of people where, and, and I'm not to say this shouldn't be, we have to progress. Like we have to build those capabilities to yeah. then come in behind it and usher in the actual meaningful changes. Again, these are all good things, but we also can't just say, Hey, look, we did it guys. Well, no. Yeah. Yeah. The six, We've done pe the one six people piece. that are around the broadcast antenna right. get it, but no one else does because the signal isn't strong enough to get more than a half a mile away from the antenna. I mean, 
that that's the thing. I mean, we don't we won't know until they get this pushed out in more areas so it can be tested. But again, I I doubt this is gonna this is gonna roll out with a whimper because yeah. no no one's gonna notice. Right, because well, there's, you know, they'll they'll notice when their existing ATSC 1.0 gear stops working. Sure, because that that's the other piece too. Is this is a literal standards upgrade? So yeah. if you're hanging out on 1.0 and the stations that you most commonly use and or enjoy change how they're broadcasting or stop broadcasting on the old format, you will need new hardware. Yeah, and again, so it was very much that's like when be they when switch to DTV. Yeah, and it, and it will be that'll be that'll be a lot of us upset people in rural America that we'll hear from because all of a sudden their only connection to Point of connectivity yep. to that kind of media is going to go away because they can't get broadband out there. So they, their only choice is over the air television and a 56 K modem. Probably I think they're, you know, or satellite internet, you know, from HughesNet, not a sponsor or like whatever, you know, Muskie's got his thing up in space now too, but that's not very affordable for people out there in rural America. So, you know, right. it, it'd be, you know, it, it'd be interesting to see if, if we hear anything about this as it rolls out, I have a suspicion we won't hear much with, with 15, you know, 15% of the United States using over the air antennas. I can't imagine we're going to hear much noise from that, but we'll, uh, we'll see, I right. guess, as it rolls out, but and, and, and one correction to myself, I, I said antenna and it was, so the, the DTV antennas themselves are compliant. It's the tuner, yeah. The, yeah, the, the actual, it, the, yeah. the box. If you don't and have I, a I TV purchased in the last couple of years, you're, you're probably right. not going to be able to, to do it. Yeah. Well, and well, you just get an external box. So if your tuner is not yet compatible with ATC right. 3. Just like with DTV, you just get a little external box. Yeah. But I do want to say, because if you are, if one of the 11 of you out there is someone that like has say mounted the antenna, like you, if you've mounted an antenna somewhere, there's a better than good chance your antenna will be just fine. So I right. didn't mean to phrase it that way. But if it's running to a tuner box in your house, that tuner box is what's likely going to have to be uh, replaced. And the point is still the same. You talked about are people going to notice? That's when they're going to notice. I'm like, why yep. won't my why why am I get why am I not getting any signal? Yeah, and why do I not? I can't I can't watch my stories because all of a sudden the the station's not there. Yeah, it's, it's, um, <laughs> that's when people are going to get upset. But yeah, I mean it's it, it's you know and and that was the big thing with when the switch to DTV happened too was suddenly stations that when it was over the air television when I was growing up, you know, mm-hmm. Channel 13 was Channel 13. You know, right. Flip to channel 13 and it was, you know, that whatever ABC or it. whatever it was in the area. Yep. But now you click and you click past it and now you have 13.2 and 13.3 and 13.4. And every station is actually putting out like layers of signal where they've got, you know, if I flip through the antenna TV upstairs right now, it's got, you know, a bunch of, they're, they're always playing like classic TV stuff. Like I found, right. you know, three stooges stuff and like all this crazy stuff that isn't broadcast on the regular stations anymore because it's cheap to broadcast. Like they don't have to, right. it's all they can just public. Pump this stuff they can out. just like throw yeah. content out there. So there's a lot of extra stations in there and it's a value add. And, and th- this is capable of that again. And it's capable of doing, I think four, 4k signals kind of coming out so these people are going to be able to broadcast all kinds of high quality content now again like you said most of the stuff that they're broadcasting is like reruns of the andy griffith show and things like that guess what those weren't right. recorded in 4k 
you know, it was shot on film and digitized years ago and you get what you get and it's not going to be, you know, really cool. You guys have 4k and now you're using it to broadcast, you know, legacy right. shows that don't have that resolution anyway. So I don't know. It'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see when it comes out, what it looks like. It will be. And, and, and a lot of what we've been talking about to this point has been, you know, in the home. Cause that's where we think about, this technology being most yeah. applicable because you know you have people that have maybe cut the cord or just not been in a place where you know cable TV was feasible, so they popped up some bunny ears or an antenna. Yeah. Um, another new development that 3.0 brings is, and correct me because it, it's the the improved ability to lock signal in a moving in a moving state, i.e., let's call it what it is from a car. You right. could, in theory, be driving and connect into an ATSC 3.0 broadcast and actually, in a meaningful way, stay connected and, and have it be watchable. Because I, I can't tell you the last time I actually tried to, you know, view a broadcast TV signal in a I mean, I'm actually picturing like, okay, cool. I was probably a kid in the back of my grandma's yeah. Cadillac and I can, I can Watching vividly a ball remember game. this. I can vividly remember this like tiny little quote unquote giant air quotes portable TV that probably had a four or five inch screen on it Tube and screen. the back of it extended easily a foot and a half because yep. it had like 12 D batteries in it or it's plugged and, into the cigarette lighter. Yeah. Or it's plugged in the cigarette lighter and it did have this tiny little silver antenna that would pop out the back. But I feel that was more as much for radio as it was for trying yeah. to, I, I don't know if I ever actually successfully was ever able to watch something on the move on that thing. Yeah. Um, it was probably, they just handed it to me. So I would sit there and play with the knobs and the dials and hush for a couple of hours on a drive to Tampa. <laughs> but um, like that allegedly that one of the advances of this tech is going to be a usable ability to view those lock broadcasts on, on lock, mean, yes maintain signal lock on the move and actually watch something. and again that'll be very interesting how many people are actually going to do it well that's just <laughs> it because that, that that they're going to get out their phone <laughs> that tv you just described doesn't exist anymore no it does they not. don't they so, don't have a digital upgraded version of that you can't go out and buy a little you know 10 inch 13 inch flat screen um TV that's that's your iPad. I'm describing your iPad, but it doesn't have a TV tuner in it. And I highly doubt Apple's going to be like, "You know what? <laughs> I'm going to we're going to increase the size of this thing by a half an inch on all sides so that we can throw a TV tuner." No, a they're TV. just not going to do it. So, I can't imagine what device that's going to be that people are watching that on. I suppose like we've talked about in other episodes, RetroTech is coming back. Sure. So, you know, maybe that's going to be the next big thing. You know, everybody's out there with their Walkmans listening to cassette tapes and putting records on vinyl and, you know, and, and listening to all that kind of stuff. So may, maybe we're going to get over the air television sets, like mobile ones for the car again. And maybe they're, maybe they're coming back. We're going to, I mean, we'll may, call it may, solid state first. We'll call it and see. There you go. I mean, I, I could see them loop into like a, the infotainment system. I hate that word, by the way, sure, of, in a car. Of, of any number yeah. of vehicles. Um, I mean, if I understand the regulations correctly, it would have to be visible, usable only on screens that the driver can't see. Right. While the vehicle's in motion. Yeah. So there's that. Um, but I guess I'm slowing down to think though, because we were just a few minutes ago talking about how this is capable of transmitting data. Right. So 
this could be an alternative to, I know that the struggle has been trying to maintain good cellular connectivity to these cars because these cars are effectively smart devices at the end right. of any more. They're receiving firmware updates, you know, d- data is coming down to update internal systems and telemetry and everything else, you yeah. know, cell, you know, cellular repeaters, the whole nine yards. So I could see the value in, let's just say driving across, you know, rural Iowa, you know, where there's obviously unlikely to be a, a, yeah. a usable 4G or 5G signal out right. there. If, if, if they truly could utilize this as a way to get even close to 25 megs to a moving vehicle, there's, I guess in my mind, there's more data based applications sure. for that than just pushing a TV signal and to if, a moving car. And if it's locking signal and, and all that, then there has to be some sort of, you know, GPS type stuff that they could do with it. You, they could hone GPS signals and make them more accurate because they can triangulate sure. where you are based on towers when, you know, you're connecting, you know, they, there's a lot of use cases for it that they could probably work into vehicles and everything. But yeah, I mean, any vehicle that has an infotainment system like that is more expensive of a vehicle than I've ever purchased. So <laughs> it's, well, you know, it's, it's, you know, we'll, we'll see, you know, what, what they include in there. Again, I mean, none of those infotainment systems have over the air television built in, right? Currently like DTV, even though it doesn't I, walk on I, great. I, I don't remember. I don't, that. I can't think of one. I mean, there's yeah. so many anymore. I mean, is there a Chrysler minivan somewhere that the behind the headrest TVs can grab? I don't, I could not yeah. tell you. I will never own one. So I will never right. be able to yeah. answer that on principle. Um, again, don't email me, but um, I, it's an, it's entirely possible that something out there does no vehicle I've ever owned has had it, but yeah. you know, that's not a feature I'd be looking for in the first right. place. I mean, I, I can imagine, Imagine like you talked about Chrysler minivans in the, in the mid to late nineties, having something like that, but I can't think of anything like recently that's had something like that, like a digital version of that. But yeah, I mean, I'm honestly, you know, I'm running out of things to say about it because they're just, I can't imagine. I, it's hard for me to imagine that this world of technology that we're in right now is still a world where over the air signals exist because I feel like that's something that like they should have cracked by now but again you know rural america they can't get the infrastructure there so it's it's like i said before i firmly believe in not just the 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 good but the importance of these developments these are foundational technologies that will bring meaningful experiences to a lot of people those people don't happen to be me but that's that's fine like there are people who use these services every day totally get that and if this will if this is the stepping stone towards a better experience for them i'm i'm all for it yeah um and it sounds like they're doing it the right way because another thing i didn't mention before who said you know they'll discover it when their existing stuff stops working there's i want to say up to a five-year overlap period right. where the fcc mandated that if you're going to start pushing out 3.0 signal you have to you have to follow it up with 1.0 signal for an extra five years so there's going to be an extended overlap time yep. this is i remember like, them doing that with dtv also there was a big overlap there they were warning everyone for years for a long time yeah before yeah. they actually flipped the switch so yeah i mean so that there, makes there, sense so there, there's that i did i do see a lot of you know i said meaningful experiences for people who who potentially use these services but you know applying my solid state brain to it for a second i the more we've talked about it the more too i've realized that for me anyway some of the most fascinating potential applications for this tech ironically have nothing to do with tv right (laughs) yeah 
I, you know, show me a tech that's going to more reliably get even one way communication to my vehicle. Yeah. That, that, that could hold more reliably faster, you know, in more places like that has value. Um, <clears throat> you but talked about, you know, putting, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, that's one thing that I don't understand though about that is the way that the FCC splits up these, the channels, the bandwidth that they mm-hmm. get for this, they're going to be, they're going to be probably authorized to broadcast the television signals over there. But are they going to be able to broadcast data like that? I mean, uh, data other than television. They'd have to apply. The line. Yeah. So, I mean, I just like, wonder like, if they'd approve like any, it is all. Yeah, like anything else, they'd, they'd have to, you know, go through FCC regulation and there there will be spectrum auctions and the whole nine whole yards. Thing. I mean, there, yeah. there's, you know, believe me, there's no shortage of uh, red tape that they will happily get out and put up for people to navigate their right. way through. But, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, the existence of the technology how do I put it? The existence of the technology is mandatory for someone to do something cool with it. Like yeah. People can have all the cool ideas in the world. If the tech doesn't exist to back it up, then it's just a fancy idea. True. So I, I'm always a proponent of, you know, especially this being a proven time. I mean, at the end of the day, it's proven. Like we may not use it a ton, but we do know it works. Yeah. I mean, over the air TV works. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to and do has it worked right for a very long it time. It has worked for a very long time. So yeah. this is a proven technology that is continuing to improve and evolve. And those are all net benefits, especially because, you know, going back to the cost of conversation, am I a huge fan of neat? They found an entirely new way to watch and monitor and track everything we're doing on a technology. That's not, that's not my favorite bit. Of right. It. But beyond that, the increased abilities that people are getting out of it, um, it may not be an equitable exchange because to your very good point earlier, you don't get a choice. Yeah. Like once years down the road, when they do finally shutter 1.0 altogether, your choice is going to be use the service and hand over this tracking information Mm -hmm. or just don't use the service. Like. I, I haven't heard yet if there's going to be an ask app not to track option right. when yeah, you go I to doubt, watch a certain you know, channel. But when you think when you're talking about choices, your choice is now going to be over the air television, which tracks you, or you can go to cable, which tracks you, or you can watch streaming stuff on your computer or your device, which tracks you. So like you're you're done at that point. Mm-hmm. Now when over the when the over the air gets switched to that, no matter what media you're consuming on your yeah. television set they will know what you're watching and be well, able and to track ahead, that. Cheating ahead to a future episode we're going to be doing in our cost of series. Um, <clears throat> a big component of the cost of the modern TV, of the physical device, I mean television, mm-hmm. is if you don't go in, if you don't know where in your TV to go in and manually turn these things off, because hear me now, they come turned on by mm-hmm. default. The cost of owning your TV is it doesn't matter what service you're using because the TV is the one monitoring what you're watching and reporting that back for ad tech purposes. So um, not to draw us into a whole nother that is, I'm here to tell you that it already is a future topic that we'll be covering very, very soon. Um, So this is just another layer to that. So if we keep coming full circle back to the tracking aspect, it's because it has continued to become pervasive. It feels like every time we quote unquote get a win and this is not, you know, I don't, I don't mean to say that, you know, 
Apple was not doing this to be a knight in shining armor. You know, they have their own business related yeah. purposes for making these changes. But when Apple pushes out a feature like ask app not to track and Facebook, or I'm sorry, Meta's stock tanks as a result of it, mm-hmm. that's that's the most direct cause and effect example I need to see how impactful these advertising and tracking is to all these product categories. And this is now a new entry to me into mm-hmm. that space where you're right. Previously, going back to being a kid, you know, you, you get your $5 in the mail for reporting all your, uh, and I do mean a literal $5 bill. <laughs> right. <laughs> it felt like for, for, you know, sending all your, your, your TV watching habits for a week, a month or whatever it was. And uh, compared to now, okay. So they now know that John watched, you know, the Bucks game for an hour and a half and then watch some top chef. And then when it, you know what I mean? Like right. that's, that's, that's directly tied back to me. And I don't know how an- anonymous that data is, but what the, you know, I try to remember when I think about it from a security perspective is anonymous data was made anonymous. You know what I mean? They know, like even if the data that gets reported doesn't include that it was me, right. the mere fact they collected it means they're it's, capable. It's of at the very least going to have, it's at the very least going to have the Mac address of the television that's connected into, you know, some mm-hmm. kind of machine address will be in there to identify, you know, whether your personal name is tied to that number or not, something will be tied to that physical device that's watching it. So yeah, yep. it, it's it's interesting to think about, how, and I'm wondering how much data they're actually going to be able to collect and all that kind of stuff. But they're not really talking about that. But it'll you well, know. well, of course. Well, the fact they're not talking that it means it's right. probably quite a bit. Probably I, all of it. Yeah. But. Well, I do again going back to the tech itself because this does appear at least have so many parallels with, with what we think of as a data based connection, cellular broadband, right. you know, I, I mean, well, let's, let's call it, it is an IP based system. It, it's, mm-hmm. it isn't, it is an IP based delivery system. And you and I both know because of what we do, any IP based system, unless you intentionally anonymize the data is incredibly capable of tracking mm-hmm. who, what, when, where, and how, like that's, yeah. that is the nature of those packet based transactions. Yep. And there's all sorts of technology already out there to to pull those packets out of a data line. And I'm here to tell you it's going to be just as easy, if not easier, to pull them out of the air. So, fair, you know, fair enough. You don't have to tap a line anymore. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, I mean, and, and, and I don't know what kind of information is going back the other direction. If you I don't remember ever putting my name into my television anywhere or email addresses. I guess it's sure. possible you can do that and maybe you will in the future if that information is held and transmitted over the air and someone can sit out in the parking lot with a pair of bunny ears slapped to their roof and capture packets <laughs> coming from your television, they could they could potentially get information like that. So there's, there's our solid state take. What did ATSC 3.0 do? It brought back war driving. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. People are going to just drive around with antennas on top of their cars, sniffing packets all over the place from televisions. And I mean, oh. and I don't know if there's any, you know, is that useful in any way? The data they're going to no, get from pro- that TV probably, useful? Probably but, not. And also I, we talk about, you know, hackers for the most part go after the lowest hanging fruit. And uh, I have to imagine the average neighborhood is not exactly going to be rife well, with people you, that are consuming, you know, ATSC 3.0 based next gen TV. You, you raise a good point and make, that makes me think, and then I'll end on this. Cause you know, we're, we're coming up on our time limit here, but it, there was a time back in the day where it was a big deal for someone to pirate a television station signal. 
there's a very famous one that you can see from the 80s sometime, uh, late 80s, where a, a guy took over the airwaves of a television station yeah. dressed up as Max Headroom, um, yep. which was, you know, an 80s character, if you don't know. And he just, it was a really weird broadcast. It, all told, it was a few minutes. He got on the screen, did the whole, the motions of Max Headroom, said a few really weird things, and then it stopped. And it, and it just went away. And it, he just had bogarted the tower's signal and it was thrown out, you yep. know, over the... T- so anybody who was on that station at that time saw it. That makes me think that if this is an IP and packet-based system, someone will be able to jump in there and pirate that signal and broadcast unauthorized transmissions to a television over the air. Th- there will be hackers trying to do this because it's a computer. It's an IP based system. If they can sit there yeah. and sniff packets and figure out where those packets are going, they can inject their own packets just like they do on the internet. Yeah. And I, and I hate to say it going full circle back to like the infrastructure behind the tech. This has not historically been, um, the most successfully locked down no. bits or well-funded bits of our infrastructure. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it, I, I don't know for certain, but it sure seems like one of those doors that the minimum has been left just a little bit so, open to be uh, get ready snuck for, through. Get ready for pirate TV stations, I guess, because they're coming. <laughs> oh Well, on that throwback bombshell, I think we will uh, wrap it up for this week. Anything else you want to toss in here at the end of yeah, this we'll, broadcast? We'll do our, yeah, we'll do our shameless plug. Make sure you you know give us five stars. Make sure you like us. Make sure you leave a comment, something. Every, everything helps and it gets us noticed and bumps us up in that fancy algorithm that Apple and everybody else uses. So do us a favor and hit it. Do the thing. Okay. That's right. If uh, if you're driving in your car right now and our audio sounds uh, sounds a little off, just just tap the bunny ears on your podcast yep, exactly. choice, and uh, I'm sure it'll Put work. Some tinfoil on the end of it. All right. Well, with that, we will catch you next time. Later. Later.